Good morning. This is John Murtha with Power 89.1 FM Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. So happy you tuned in and listening today. As I say, today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you again that you're listening to us this morning. I'm here in the station with our engineer and owner, Mark Ballard. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good morning, John. How are this, you? Very good on this beautiful autumn morning. My good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good morning, John. Good to be here. And we have a very special guest, as promised last week, Dr. Michael Sang, uh, a good friend, a doctor, a psychiatrist. And you're going to really, I think, have a very uh, interesting dialogue <clears throat> and conversation this morning with Dr. Sang. Welcome, doctor. Welcome, boy. I wish I had that voice you have, you know, that I, but I'll do my best to kind of keep up. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. And so um, I want to jump right into this. I just want to give you a little bit of a bio on, on uh, Dr. Sang, and later on we'll call you Dr. or Michael uh, as we go Michael's along. Michael's fine. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Sang is actually a double board certified internist and psychiatrist. Uh, he's the founder of the Oneness Approach with 30 years of experience helping the families of Lorain County and actually wider Northeast Ohio. Uh, deal with the struggles called by ADHD, bipolar disorder, major depression, anxiety, panic, and addiction. I mean, just those four alone. Wow. When you think of the of the world and the community we live in today, I hope to touch on each one of these: depression, anxiety, panic or fear disorders, and of course addiction. And yeah. we're going to touch a little bit on the opioids. But doctor, maybe you could fill us in a little bit of your background. Why did you go into medicine, and then from that, why did you go into psychiatry? and a little about your practice today. And then as we go through the show, I'd like you to give up contact information also. Sure. You know, well, I think it all starts back, believe it or not, you know, with uh, you know, my earliest memories, even before my memories, you know, my uh, grandmother down in West, West by God, Virginia, mm. who was probably the nicest, kindest, most gentle woman on the planet Earth, Bible in one hand, and I'm told, me and another, Is that, right? that whenever I was there, that my feet never touched the ground. Wow. And people would you know, come from all around. She, you know, she was just one of those people who knew the Bible, knew the Lord, and just had this countenance that was unbelievable. Mm. And so you know, I grew up, uh, you know, there's no, no question whether there's a God or whether Jesus exists. Whether wow. it was just, it, I was, that was it. That was my, my, my birthing well, you know, into, my, into my sense of self. Um, and then, you know, I, as I grew up, I learned that she had had, you know, uh, she had spent, you know, years in, in sanitariums mm. and where she was admitted, you know, people chained to walls and all the rest <clears> of that <throat> stuff where she'd just be sitting, you know, just with her beautiful hair, just kind of straggled down and stuff. And I said, what was up with that? And it took them years, but they found out that, you know, in this area that there's none of iodine in the soil. And she had hypothyroidism. Oh, interesting. So it was that simple. And to me, as you know, as I was growing up, that's not fair mm -hmm. for such a faithful person. I mean, how can that be? How can that? And so I was, you know, from a, as a just a young boy, it's like, how can I help? How can I help? What can I, well, you know, what, you know, what can I do to kind of understand this more? And so I, I went to Lorain County Community College, mm -hmm. and I saw all the, the profs were sitting there going, well, we know everything, and they are, we sociologists, but those psychologists are awful, and, and then all the, you know, every, every single one of them would do this, and <laughs> they all hated medicine. Sarah. Where I was a little oppositional defiant, so I said, well, they all hate medicine, maybe there's something there. Mm -hmm. So I would say, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I wanted to be a psychologist at first, but I thought, darn medicine, let's do it. I'm going to be Marcus Welby. Mm, okay. And then I, you know, I went to uh, to the Cleveland Clinic, and I was, you know, it was it was really a lot of fun. But then in my last year, I was uh, 
doing the medical side of an anorexia nervosa unit. And, you know, I just said, oh, I've got to help. Because you know, here are these you know, brilliant young ladies who think that, you know, their kneecaps are too fat. Mm -hmm. And so I was just drawn back and, and said, that, that's it. You know, little did I know, my brother told me later, you know what mom said? I said, what? I thought he was going to be a real doctor. <laughs> oh, because you went into psychiatry. Because I went okay. into psychiatry. a real doctor. Okay. But so, so yeah, she was a, a major, major uh, you know, push behind me, and you okay. know, my, my mom and I we just were very close to her early on. I mean, she had me when she was fifteen. Okay. I'm the oldest, and so she and I had a very, very close relationship. Interesting background. So, have you always been in this this area, Bill mm -hmm. in general, except when you went off to school? Exactly for fifteen years. Huh? Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I want to just get into this. I mean, when you look at the the, the, uh, the climate today, when you look at what's going on in the world, which what we're looking at, like, uh, well, let's just open it up. You know, Jesus says in uh, in Luke, he says, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, soul, strength, and mind." Uh, you know, and I know you're very big on integrating into wholeness and uh, this whole thing that we're, we're not, you know, a mind here and our soul here and our body here. And, and so let's go into something like that's so common today with depression. Uh, what leads up to that? I know that we, you're going to speak in generalities, but what can prevent that? What can help with that? And just what have you seen in your 30 plus years of practice? Well, I mean, it's interesting you begin, you know, with with that passage, uh, because like the the oneness approaches is about uh, the recent discovery of the interoceptive system, mm -hmm. and so our sense of self, our sense of who we are, the sense that's not connected to anything else but us, you know, is the, a sense of all the neurons that innervate the inside of our body. So the outside of our body, those neurons help solidify long-term memory. Mm -hmm. On the inside of your body is this sense of who you are. And literally every other thing that we're connected to has to do with, with relationship. But on the inside, it's the only, it's the only system that really has its own, its own entire interconnectedness. And so when the, the Shema, the, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, what that to me kind of indicates is that we have to, we have to put some kind of, a, of an existential print on that mm -hmm. so you know when so god is 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 in is is his own relationship he is one mm -hmm. and so when we take god into our heart and have and when we the only thing that we can kind of say is who i i am if we say i am a man i'm a woman that's comparative mm -hmm. that's relationship driven so you have to say i am and it has to be connected to something that's like outside of everything okay and so when you put that onto jesus when you put that onto god it and then you personalize it. It has to be real. Mm -hmm. It has to be earthy. It has to. It has to ooze. It has to just like be everything. Because if it doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay. And so you know that's your sense of self. Now that's subconscious. And now you have your conscious mind, your subconscious mind. There are numbers of ways to separate the two. And then depression, where you have these these cells that are responsible for emotionally you know printing. Like, I like this, I don't like that, I hate that, or whatever. There's uh, cells that kind of that, uh, are responsible for putting that on that memory. And they are not functioning well. And so when they don't function well, literally they're, they, though they're metabolically low, have a low activity, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, to feel correctly about 
anything. So you, know, you have this sense of self and you, your feelings are, other, are going to be incorrect. And then you have the feelings of other people. Those are going to be incorrect. You know, and your body tries to correct it. Your body says, wait a minute now. You know, this isn't right. And so you end up, you know, feeling intensely. And then the, you know, the opposite of that, and then thinking not well. So you're either thinking or feeling. So like right now, I'm, I'm thinking maybe more than I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. My wife comes in. Hi, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Now I get stupid <laughs> as mm -hmm. I go into more feeling and Got thinking it. less. Mm -hmm. So the body tries to correct the depression, you know, by trying to, you know, kind of like, let's, let's put more energy into these feelings so we get angsty. And, it, and literally, that's almost like a, we get stuck there. So what depression is, is the body trying to self-correct and un unable to. So you're, you're feeling really hard and incorrectly and not thinking very much. And those are the criteria for major depression. That's it. So in a sense, the body, just like physically when it gets a cut or a wound, is trying to heal itself. It sure is. So internally, uh, when it's sort of speak out of alignment, it's trying to align itself. And, and it's going to segue. It's going to default to like depression or anxiety. Yes, David, you want to? Yeah, you know, um, Dr. saying, you know, but before we get more into scripture, I just had some stats that I wanted to bring up first. I was, you know, as I was doing the research on this, I, I was overwhelmed with what I found. Cost of substance abuse in the U.S., abuse of tobacco, alcohol, illicit drugs is costly to our nation, exacting more than $740 billion annually in costs related to crime, lost work, productivity, and health care. Tobacco is $300 billion overall. Alcohol, $249 billion. Illicit drugs, which is defined as non-medical use of a variety of drugs that are prohibited by international law, cannabis, heroin, cocaine, $193 billion. Prescription opioids, $78.5 billion. When, when you take a look at that and then, you know, the fact that, that you have uh, Christ in you, and that's one of the things I asked John on the way in, how is he administering to these people? Is he giving them drugs or is he putting the word into them? Uh, you know, when you take a look at one of the things I found was seven things that Jesus might say to someone struggling with addiction. And when you look at people struggling with addiction, you know, they feel worthless uh, or they wonder how can they ever live a meaningful life again. And then focusing on the person's spiritual health during recovery is important because it provides peace and hope and Jesus is the source of all peace. So, you know, as a believer, I got to believe that you have an incredible protocol that you can bring to them because, you know, a lot of the information I found is that even though they might get off the bandwagon for a couple years, they're, they're back on it. They have a little incident and they feel hopeless. So for you to be bringing Christ into the protocol is just fantastic, you know. And I, I got to believe it's helped you. Have you looked at how your um, outcomes have been affected versus a normal, uh, you know, psychiatrist or practitioner? The, the really only way that you're going to kind of create resilience mm -hmm. is to restore, you know, and use that sense of self, that sense of connection to God, that sense of I am a child of God. Yeah. And, and that is what, in the end, you know, if you like say that you're only doing cognitive behavioral therapy and there's just like no heart in it, you know, okay, I've got a tool, you know, but I don't have resilience. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm walking with the tool, thank you. But, and so what I've, I've always kind of advocated for is, wait a minute, you know, many people go to church every week. You know, why not kind of like, you know, tie into that, uh -huh. you know, and then to build the resilience. Because if you look at it from a circuit standpoint, 
Um, the subconscious mind is about 95% of who you are. Conscious mind, what we're aware of, is 5%. Oh my gosh. So this, this, uh, this intelligence that we have, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, okay, 5%. So if we really want to get some power into this, yeah. let's, 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 let's draw into our resources. And, and the problem is, is the, the disconnect. And so how, you know, what is the only thing within me that can really build resilience over time and that can help me understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling? And, and that is to kind of remember who I am. Mm -hmm. And so you go back to whatever time they've, they've ever had to where, you know, are they, you know, like a... Like with me, it would be my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if I got really, really depressed. I'm the same way. I have the same kind of story for you. You know, the only thing she would show is love. She didn't care what was going on in my life, what kind of actions I had. She would come in, and as I said on the previous show, uh, she called me Dino. Dino, why don't you come in? And she had food for me first before she spoke. You know, we just sat there for minutes until I was ready to talk to her. She didn't say a word. But it's that kind of love that I felt was Christ-like, and I think that's what you were leading to, too, that connection. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that you, trust. So you look in the past to yeah. look and say, who has loved you? Yeah. And who has loved you in him? Who has loved you in a way that provided you a sense of in-himness? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then you try to see in their life now. So you, you look at, okay, you know, you, you can't sense him right now. So literally depression and anxiety, and particularly bipolar disorder, is an is a intermittent, complete disconnect with your sense of self. So whatever your sense of self was, so as a Christian, I mean, I've had pastors come in and say, I don't, I don't feel him. Mm. I don't hear his voice. I, I, I don't know who I am anymore. And so I always tell people that if the Pope had bipolar disorder, you know, he would chase, chase every nun out of the Vatican. <laughs> and then he'd have the same problem that people with bipolar disorder have. Okay, explain that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, literally it's, it's a disconnect. So that, you know, looking for, you know, the, their faith in the background through relationships. Mm -hmm. So since I don't have a direct connect, because that, that those, that uh, mind-body, that conscious-subconscious mind um, connection is, is hurt, you know, what I do is I use the mirror neural system. So we have, you know, the, first you have the love the Lord your God with all your heart, oh, mind, and soul, then mm -hmm. love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And which, you know, which is saying the same thing. So if, as I as I am aware of myself in Him, mm -hmm. then I become aware of us in Him, mm -hmm. and as it is the same thing. Mm -hmm. So when I can't connect directly, you know what I do as a psychiatrist is kind of historically go back to kind of remind them who they are, and then to try to add into their intimate partner, mm -hmm. their family, their friends, their colleagues, their life interest partners, and a mentor. Yeah. And each one of those holds a separate space in your brain. So like if you're, if you're uh, seeing someone who's, you know, with you know, like a man or woman sitting in a corner in a restaurant, we should be able to tell whether they're married or whether they're like business mm -hmm. associates. You know, just by tone of voice or whatever, because they're, those, those, each of those relationships are held in a different space in our subconscious mind. And so we don't have to think that next word out of my mouth comes from subconscious mind and it comes from those spaces. So as I know this, I say, okay, how can I reintroduce you know, their faith, their sense of self mm -hmm. back into the life, despite any of these disorders. You know, and it's by looking historically so that they have a, a directionality mm -hmm. towards which way is home. And then I try to, you know, increase in each of those kinds of relationships, mm -hmm. kind of like having those horses taking this chariot yeah. forward. And then that not only helps them to get out of it, but then from a neuro neurological standpoint, talking about circuitry, it builds resilience. It builds 
Um, there are, are some new cells uh, made, but what happens more is more branches are made between conscious subconscious mind to prevent relapse. So that's literal. That's when literal. you talk neurons, you're talking literal chemical uh, uh, tissue, uh, 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 electrol. You know, I mean, there's synapses being jumped and reprogrammed. And we're going to touch on that when we touch on pornography. But I want to give out some information. We're very happy this morning to be with Dr. Michael Sang. And, Doctor, I want you to give out information if somebody wants to get in contact with you in a moment here. Also, our if you would like to phone in, our number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. Or if you want to live stream us, www.wnzn.org. WNZN.org. Doctor, I wanted to touch on one thing, several things you brought up. One is this idea of uh, who I am being, uh, where in Western culture and civilization, we put so much emphasis on doing. And I think we bring that into our religious life. The first thing you say when you meet somebody is like, okay, well, what do you do? Well, this kind of gets away from who am I as a person, whereas in Christ, he says, if you will abide in me, you know, and if maybe you could speak to that idea of, of being uh, my relationship first with with Christ, and then that out of that comes my relationship with others. And what, if I hear you right, Doctor, you're saying that actually you can move in that positive direction, and it literally has a physical, biochemical kind of uh, an effect on our being. I mean, it it certainly does. I mean, let's just go simple. If you take up juggling mm -hmm. for eight weeks, and we do you know very sophisticated MRI scans. We see the neurons that have to do with motor movement grow. So you can imagine the growth that happens, you know, as you build your sense of self, mm -hmm. as you as you you connect, and, and you bring up a wonderful point. Uh, another psychological approach, you know, that I take is, you know, there are really at any moment, you know, so we are only alive like right now. Right. The, the brain is absolutely focused on on right now. If I stand up, my subconscious mind will raise my blood pressure. If I sit down, it'll lower it. Mm -hmm. It does not know how to be against me. It, it, it is always, every thought you have is trying to, to optimize it and bring you home. Hmm. And so knowing that it, it is helpful. So rather than, than ignoring thoughts or thinking I'm bad or thinking the thought is bad, how is this thought serving him? Mm -hmm. And every thought, believe it or not, you know, is serving him. But the, like you're saying, there are three major um, neurological circuits that work in the here and the now. Mm -hmm. The first is the sense of self. Mm -hmm. The second is a mirror neural system where I, when I look at you, mm -hmm. if I just see your skin, so if I look at your forehead, I mean, all I see is skin, mm -hmm. you know, all, and all that is is solidifying long-term memory. I don't get much of a connection. But if I look in your eyes, mm -hmm. So if I land and say, okay, I'm a, I'm a child of God. So before I see everyone, I, I kind of take a deep breath, let it out. You know, because the, the internal um, neurons are, are innervate the inside of you. So when you take a deep breath, like mom told you to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then count to four, count to ten, yeah, right, right. you land. And then, then I look and say, who am I going to see next? Hey, I'm going to be seeing John. Mm -hmm. So I get a sense of that. Then I look at you, look in your eyes, mm -hmm. and I sense you. Now we're in him. So I sense my in-himness, and then as I look across, I sense your in-himness. Mm -hmm. There's one other set of circuitry, so that's the mirror neurons. There's a recurrent, uh, recurrent circuits that come up with the next word I'm going to say. So that's the doing. 
So what, you know, I'm here and I'm seeing you, mm -hmm. you know, you could be with your wife, you could be with someone else, but the God has, God has us sharing this moment. This is the most important conversation on the planet Earth right, right now. now. Mm -hmm. I think I better listen up because God's got this for me. So even if I'm here to help you, mm -hmm. you know, God's got, you know, I'm listening to you. So for, hey, what have you got? You know, I have to hear whatever he has to say. So I'm saying what God's asking me to say, but I'm listening mm -hmm. for what he wants me to hear. That's great. So that's why it's all, then all becomes one. Mm -hmm. So that the being, the, the being is seeing, mm -hmm. and then the doing are all, all in him. Integrated. Yes, David. Well, it, boy, it, it, just, it just all came together. You know, everything you were saying and then the existential print that you talked about initially when you started the show, that's what everybody's missing. Right. And so if we miss that, then we're focused on the otherworldly things. You know, it, so th that's, that's the big connection. So when you take a look at what the Bible teaches us, I love you so much that I, did, I died for you, not for you to feel guilty, but to set you th uh, free, John 3.16. And then here's the other one because of the relapse and the, this connection to God that you're bringing in, where it says, no matter how much you relapse and struggle, I still love you and always will. Jeremiah 31, 34, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So if we have that grandmother connection that you and I talked about, and, and you can show it to the people that are under the influence of these addictions, and you can show them that somebody loves them regardless of what they've done regardless of the bad habits that they have, and they, their self-worth doesn't have to go down, that's, that's the ticket, Dr. Sang. So they, they've I, really I, forgotten I, who I, they I, are. That is fantastic that you pulled that out. It's just, boy, there's so many things going mm -hmm. on in my head right now. Mm -hmm. no, you're, you're exactly right. When you, know, when you have an addiction, uh, there's, there's, so like if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, looking at someone inappropriately, um, you know, from a, from I know who I am. I said, wait a minute, what's up with that? And so I've got that, not the devil on the left shoulder, it's an angel. The angel on the left shoulder identifies those kinds of thoughts. So I might be too angry. I might be too anxious. I might be addictive to some aspect of whatever the heck I'm looking at or mm. sensing or thinking about. And then I get judgmental. Mm. And so those are all the left angel identifiers. And then the left angel says, hey, Michael, look to the right <laughs> mm. and then I, I look at okay well what relationship does this involve so so you take a deep breath land well i'm thinking about you know this person you know in a way that's that's really not correct now is this coming from a sense of of my relationship with him did i get enough sleep last night did i you know, whatever mm. and then in the relationship okay is this a man is this a woman what kind of a man what kind of a woman is this a business associate you know, you know, am I, you know, why am I thinking about someone, you know, as a business associate like that? Oh, it will come from a strength. Hmm. So it won't come from a weakness. So that's like a, one of the big kind of shifts. There are no neurons in weakness. There are neurons in strengths. So in the end, we get rid of the addictive thought hmm. and we say, okay, there's something wrong. What relationship is God talking to me about? Now, what strength of mine needs wisdom? What strength of mind, what neuron, for neurons to see their grow or die. So what neuron of mine is crying, hey, I'm sick of dying here. I want to grow. Mm. And so you go. And then you, 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 you know, then you've couched the whole thing in, you know, 
I am a child of the king. Yeah. You know, and I have been given strengths. And, you know, I have forgotten. And, you know, and I, you know, I am going to remember that. And then what strength is it? And, and that no one minds talking about. So when you talk about someone, you boy, you're doing this bad thing. You know you did this bad thing? You know how bad this bad mm -hmm. thing was? Exactly. Oh, that goes over real well. Yeah. And nerve growth factors drop like a stone. Mm -hmm. And so here, that's just the wrong way. So I get it. What's kind of wonderful is to kind of what is God's way as I've been introduced to all these things. So it's helped me to know, you know, there's a couple ways I could think. Well, what's God's way of thinking about this? Oh, okay. And, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons I get invited to talk a lot of places. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's because, you know, because I'm a, you know, in, in the end, despite all of this, you know, where I've chosen to be is to be in Lorraine County, a little psychiatrist doing his thing in <laughs> Sheffield Village. Yeah. But then I give these talks all yeah. over the place, and, and it's, it's because of that. There's a, a ring of truth to it. Yes. But it's been absolutely guided by my faith. It's the missing link. Right. Uh, because, you know, uh, my sister is a, a psychiatrist for the VA hospital. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, I think nothing against what she's doing, because I think that's just the way she was trained to do it. Um, but it's their protocols based on drugs, you know, certain action items that they have to give the person. But I, I just I think you've just got the missing link here, and I never understood that coming into the show today. How you're embedding that into what you do with the patient, so you're leading with Christ, and then if they need some stuff on the side just to calm them down, to hear what you're saying, you know the protocols, whatever action items you give them, if you need to administer them something, you do that as a side note. Here's the the thing. I'm a psychiatrist, right, and so I am not a pastor. No, I, I know. Do, sure. do, do you know how much pastors love me leading with Christ? <laughs> but like, I mean, when like you're not, the way, not at all. Right, but you, you know what I mean. You know but, what I'm trying to get to. But yeah. let me get to another thing, though. Yeah. When a person has, like, a bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. literally, they cannot think big enough right. to, to think of God. And when they try to think of God, or if they try to think of their husband or wife, mm. their mind goes south. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so what I have to be careful of Mm -hmm. is, okay, where can I touch upon? And so some people will, oh, I hate God, or, or I don't believe in God, or whatever. And so I'll just lead with, well, you know, should we sell your wife to the Indians? No. Do you think that many people all over the earth probably wouldn't sell their life wives to the Indians? Mm. Well, probably not. So, well, let's call that God for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so you just take them where they, they are, you. and you yeah. grow yeah. Them. yeah. You know, we're going to take a break in just a couple minutes, Doctor. But afterwards, I'd like you to talk, in all your years' experience, what trends do you see uh, on the horizon? What have you seen in the 30, 35 years, uh, both positive and negative? And I'm thinking of the opioid uh, addiction. I mean, that's really... Uh, endemic in, in Lorraine as well as Northeast Ohio, but also Absolutely. the whole widespread thing of pornography and of course that's social media and the internet but and what that does to the human body and how do you walk people out of these addictions? Uh, it's just such a serious issue today and, and you know we we come in contact with so many different people that really are struggling. They want to live a victorious life. They want to live you know, a meaningful life. But uh, so many lives are just being destroyed right Absolutely. before our very eyes. And I want you to pick up on that on the other side. And also, before we go to a break, if you, give, if, if you don't mind if you give out any information, I'm sure there's listeners out there who might like to go to your site or call or whatever. So I have the, the Oneness Approach site at mm -hmm. uh, www.onenessapproach.com. And, you know, that has, you know, just hundreds of free articles and videos. It has courses that you can see. 
I have almost 500 videos on YouTube. One is approaching of YouTube on, on all of this. So if there's any kind of questions or concern anyone has on any of this, you know, almost anything I can probably think of has been spilled out into those videos. Right? And then there's a place for comments. And so if there's any comments on any of those, any questions on any of those, I answer them personally. So please feel free. And, and that then that site again is it's uh, what's the YouTube is oneness approach. Okay. And then the the my website which has connectors to Twitter and all the rest is uh, oneness is www.onenessapproach.com. Okay, and we'll repeat that once more. So this is John Murtha here at Power eighty nine point one FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And we're going to take a short break here and put on some music, and then we're going to come back on the other side. And we're going to talk to Doctor Sang about trends that he has seen, uh, uh, what's going on in our world today, what has changed, where does he see us going as a society, and, uh, you know, what's the corrective action? What, what steps can we take right. as parents, as friends, as mentors, as individuals? So thanks again, and thank you, Mark, for being the engineer here and taking your place here this morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. This is John Murtha once again with Power 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, I'm here in the station with Mark Ballard, our station engineer, my good friend and assistant, David Abood, and a very special guest today is Dr. Michael Sang. And we've been talking, Doctor, the earlier part of the show about everything from disorders to, to circuitry within the nervous system and bondages and how to be released from bondages, and you stress the whole thing of who am I as opposed necessarily to what I am doing and that, that kind of integration of the whole man, which Jesus spoke to when he says, love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, soul, strength, and mind. So in your wealth of experience as a doctor, as a psychiatrist, a counselor, a mentor to people, um, 30, 35, 40 years, even in your medical training, what trends have you seen uh, positive, negative to where we are today, and what do you see going forward? Uh, just in the social landscape out there. Just kind of give us your like an overview. Well, I think we all know that like the TV mm -hmm. has gone crazy, Internet's gone crazy. And there's a lot of, you know, so number one, you know, you don't form real, warm, you know, great, deep, wide relationships, you know, over the Internet. You have to look into someone's eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, neurobiologically, if I'm not looking into your eyes and mm -hmm. being with you, noticing all your nonverbals and everything, I mean, no matter how good of a friend I think we are, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to be able to have the effect of being able to sit with Reverend John Murtha, you mm -hmm. know. So, but if I, but if I am here, we can really build. And we know our kids aren't. We know that, you know, like I have my grandmother. I have playing outside, being outside, doing all this stuff. And you know, when I wanted to learn something, I could. Now, I mean, the kids are really just spending way too much time, you know, on these 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 little screens. And they, they think they have friends, but, you know, as, as we were talking, you get defriended really easily. That would not happen uh -huh. if you had a real rich, deep relationship with that friend. So in building those, those three pillars, you know, of, you know, of a connection to, to be in him, that sense of myself, that sense of being in him with uh -huh. others, and that sense of what does God want me to say, think, and do uh -huh. at this moment. I mean, that forms in real relationships, and we're just getting less of that, so we're getting less resilient. So even a, even a faithful child mm -hmm. who, who ends up having a lot of their life you know, on, you know, on the Internet or, or whatever, um, so there's nothing wrong with learning information. I mean, I think the information available is unbelievably good. You know, uh, you know I think that you know, when, when you want to kind of let people know, you know what you offer, what's available in the earth, they're fantastic, but that's not what we're doing. 
you were were having kind of these pseudo relationships, mm -hmm. and so there are relationships of a sort. But from a neurobiological standpoint, they do not build the resilience of a of a of a deeper, richer relationship, and so we think they do because we don't know. So the real problem that people have, we each have, you know, is that we think that what we think is normal. And so that's where that two or more are gathered, right. you know, as uh, we are, we are much bigger mm -hmm. because we're not, we're, we're getting much less to, you know, we're, we're, we're alone really. And we're thinking that everyone thinks like us and mm -hmm. we're thinking that this is friendship. So we have a hard time even thinking about what is the head, what's going on in the head of a 10 year old or 12 year old who's being dressed up to look like Dolly Parton or something, right, right. you know, and I guess that shows my age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> or your southern roots. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, and you know, and how can how can we even expect that poor 10, 11, 12, 13 year old girl? And so like you have a 13 year old girl who's 12 and looks like 22. Mm -hmm. The typical problem is, you know, she thinks, well, why can't I wear that same outfit that someone else can wear? Right. You know, she doesn't realize that this is a godly strength and I need to be I need to admit it, have it, own it and walk with it and walk with it in wise ways. And I need to be counseled how to do that. How is any of that supposed to happen when my internet friends are, are, are going whatever? And then, you know, even the people around me, you know, prefer that I dress in provocative ways to push the strength. Every person who's ever seen me for the 30 years comes to me because of their strengths. Every single one. So if they come to you, that's an indication of strength. It, it, they're like a strength of intelligence, okay. a strength of sensitivity. So, and then everyone you know who ha who has, oh, I wish I wasn't, you know, you know, or I don't like that twelve-year-old girl's going to think she's ugly by the okay. time she's eighteen. Okay. And you know, sensitive people are going to say, I wish I wasn't so sensitive. Right. And you know, because it's just creaming them, because that, those cells are are crying out for wisdom, and yet we've disconnected ourselves from those who can provide us wisdom. That's the biggest problem. They said man has never been more connected in terms of communication devices than we are today, but we've never been more lonely yeah, and estranged. David, you wanted to say something? Well, yeah, we touched on this in, in a, a show of, a few weeks ago, Dr. Sang, and we were talking about the teens and what social media has done to them. And when you take a look at the fact that, you know, 24-7 with Facebook, Instagram, all these other sites, they're filtering their lives. And they're, they're competing with the Joneses and they're filtering their lives. They're saying, my life is great even though I'm seriously depressed. You know, the, the thing that always got me is when you take a look at alcohol and gambling, there's age restrictions. Social media, there isn't age restrictions. One of the things that, that I had trouble with is, you know, all these kids have cell phones. I shouldn't say all these kids. A big majority of them do. And I, you know, there was no way my kids were going to get cell phones in grade school early on. Just not a chance because I didn't want them to be involved with texting and being a part of these groups, these chat groups, you know, the way you defriend somebody. And as you said, I mean, the core of it is, uh, you know, I don't even know that they know how to ask a girl out. My wife and I were taking a walk the other day. Which is okay, said, right? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you see them doing that with their girlfriend a lot? I don't know. Or, but, but she brought the fact there's not a lot of dances anymore. There's just not a lot of the old oh. school stuff where they can figure out a courtship. They can figure out how to have a bond with somebody. You know, they ask girls out on texting or they or they break the engagement off. 
you know, or the relationship in some way. So the social media, again, without age barriers, you know, and these kids, they live with their phones. Um, I've always been a proponent, you know, the grace of God that I fight everything related to technology. I'm not even on Facebook. I won't let our family on Facebook. I'm not saying Facebook's bad for businesses. But yeah, when so the, much for all my Facebooks. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and I don't want to get on a tangent with this because it's not what we're here to do. But the bottom line is social media has changed the way these kids are interacting. One of my friends was uh, a good friend, was the president of Hiram College, and he told me he got calls from the career centers where they said these kids don't know how to interview. They don't know how to talk. No. So, you know, w when you come into the president's office, you put your phone outside. You don't sit there and text, which he said they were doing. He had it confiscated. So how do you bring that back? What advice do you have for parents? One of the things that my wife has forced me to do, and honestly, I never grew up with this, is play games with my kids where we're, you know, looking at right, each other right. and we're playing a board game. I hated it at first because <laughs> I, I, I can't sit there. Right. You know, I mean, I need to always be moving. But now I realize that... Let me you tell know, you, he's moving a lot yeah, right now. I know, so. I'm moving a lot. <laughs> hey, can I talk to you after the show? But, anyway, but, the, uh, <laughs> but I think it's very important. It, you know, it, what advice do you give teens and parents? I mean, what do we do with all this? So the, the one thing, I would, you know, we're talking about relationships, so that's yeah. a strength. And so from very early on, the earlier the better. Because I can imagine at 16, if, if you like, come to Christ when your children mm -hmm. hit, you know, late teens, teens, whatever... And then we start laying on them all these restrictions. Oh, they, I'm sure that goes over like really well. So the earlier you can, you know, is, is like, you know, you are a child of God. And so, you know, when, before it becomes a war, mm -hmm. you know, you, yeah. you lay that in. How can we use whatever? How can we make any decision we make in him? And so you're teaching, you know, really in himness, you know, in who I am. Hey, you want to you go with, with Josie? Alrighty, you know well, where you want to go. Oh, we're just going to tax, but well, what if you know what if we bring her over? And so mm -hmm. you you have in mind, and then you tell the child because you know, you know that's how you really build. That's how you really will enjoy. That's how you get the full fruit of that relationship. Because when you really sink and 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 know who you are, and you look into Josie's eyes, and you guys are playing, you guys are forming a real relationship. Then anything that you think and do is likely going to grow that relationship. And so you're being a stronger you, because that's what we want. I don't want you to be going after something and then just be disappointed. I want you to kind of be able to find that yeah, real sustaining joy. Yeah, so like when people you know, ask me, Michael, you know, how can you see people all day and, and not be wore out? Mm. You know, I, I mean, all these problems. I say, I'm not with the people's problems. Oh, that's I'm, interesting. I'm, with, I'm with, with Jack and John and whatever, and I'm just... Enjoying the heck out of myself. Yes, we're talking about these problems. Wow. But I'm with this person. Great way to look at I it. I think that's very important. Yeah. Would you, you know, a good friend of mine once said, Jesus touched the leper, but he didn't get leprosy. Yeah. <laughs> but what you just said, yeah. Dr. Sang, was very important because you're, you're treating and ministering to people with significant problems, but you're not absorbing. Mm -hmm. But yet, that, that's, that's why you can be the helper because you're yes. not, you're seeing them as a, as a person and not as a, a phobia or yeah, an addiction. Right. And the helpy as well. I so like that. I, I, I mean, I learn from every human being I see because they're, you know, I've never been a woman. I've never mm -hmm. been that young. I've never been that old. I've never been through what they've been through. Right. And so if I have a, if I have a listening ear, if I know that Jesus put all of creation to have this moment exist and for me to hear right. whatever I'm hearing, you know, now and then it honors the relationship. So if I if I'm doing that, 
mirror neurons mirror. If your right hand is moving, you know, I'm with you and in him with you, mm -hmm. my right hand neurons will move. Is that really physiologically? That... Physiologically, if if like when uh, when, a, when a husband or wife are kind of watching each other, and they did this experiment where they actually shocked the husband. Uh -huh. You know, the woman's you know pain neurons for that index finger, you know, lit, and there's only one area of the brain that kind of tells someone whether it's my finger that's being hit or not. Oh my gosh! So this is uh, this is real. Is it's that what real. happens when, so when my wife was pregnant and my back started to But to this point, <laughs> doctor, you bring up a very good point. So one of the things about Dr. Sang, as I've known him, is, is, is calming influence. Yes. So in that. a sense, yeah. when somebody comes into you and is hyperactive or anxious, just sitting and talking with you, they're going to almost pick up a resonance. Yeah. Uh, right. And that's that can be true for you every one of us if we yes. learn to be centered and, and christ-centered yes. and, and and bring that to the person that god brings in our life that's hurting or fearful or phobic another fun yeah. thing is like say you bring in somebody's spouse mm -hmm. you know a spouse is a huge relationship requires a lot of what i call ram so like our our, our conscious subconscious mind you know has a, a certain amount a number of receptors certain amount of uh, of, uh, of neurons to help us out you know it takes horrendous number of RAM to be with your husband or wife because there's so much involved. Whereas to be with a counselor who's not a part of your life at all. So the reason I can get away with saying things mm -hmm. is because I don't know the person. And so they can talk and we can whatever. And I can assure you that mothers and fathers who, whose sons tell them, well, Dr. Singh said I should study more. You know, kind of like shake uh, when, uh -huh. when they even the child says that. Mm -hmm. You know, but if the parent or if like say a husband or wife is with me and, you know, if I have depression and I'm looking around, why am I depressed? And the, the closest person to me is my wife. Guess what? I'm going to be laying all kind of depressing feelings on her. When I have, I'm with a husband and a wife and I am with the, you know, like say the husband and in our conversations, he's feeling better. Her neurons are watching me and seeing what I'm doing. She's picking up what works. So literally, you, when, you're, when you're working and trying to help someone, you know, if you can be with someone else that's a part of their life, your countenance will be picked up. So most of communication is, is nonverbal, uh -huh. like, like 75%. And so the words we say are, 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 are a bit of it, but what's most is our, is our countenance. And so if you have an in-him countenance, you will, from, through mirror neurons, create a tendency for in-him. And if I'm angry with mm -hmm. my spouse, mm -hmm. I'm not very in him right now. Mm -hmm. And so when they watch that, though, they see what works because they're desperate. What's going to work? How can I, you know, how can we do this? Because I'm angry at him. He's angry at me. So if I talk with one of them and I'm being you know, in a way that's working, you know, the other person's watching. And then and then I have them begin to talk to each other. To, to have you picked it up? All right, good. I go. Brilliant. So literally a lot of what anyone is who's helping anyone can know that most of what you're teaching is 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 that subconscious in himness. That's the number one thing mm -hmm. that every word you say has to stand on. Got it. So really, what you're doing when a couple comes to you, you're triangulating the dynamic where before they're just button heads and they can't yeah. get along, can't argumentative. Exactly right. When they're with you or with the trusted counselor or men, you've triangulated it and you diffused you diffused a lot of that energy. Yes. It's very interesting what you, yes, David. It, uh, John, uh, the way that you um, just uh, come across, I mean, your energy field is very common. 
it's like I'm sitting there with my grandmother in a sense because you keep it really calm. You know, so I feel that I could have come in and said anything to you with my arms in a, you know, an uproar like the Tasmanian devil and you would have calmed the room down. What Again, but as I'm sitting here thinking for these teens with social media, what what can you tell them? What can you tell my son and daughter? What can you tell these other teens about all of the pressures they're under with social media and the fact that they don't feel they can sleep unless they post more pictures of what they did that week? What what advice do you have? So, when you're, as a, especially as a child hits 16, 17, 18, yeah. you know, and they're thinking about, you know, two main things. One, what kind of a job they're going to have, you know, and then they're going to think about what kind of a, of a marriage they're going to have. They're not thinking about kids quite yet. You know, but they got those two. And so it's like, all right, how would you like to be able to, say I'm talking to a young boy, how would you like to be able to really love your wife? Wouldn't it be nice? Do you know anyone like that? Do you know what? You just see the two of them and you can just tell that, oh my God, this guy, like, uh, how long have they been married? Mm. And, and whatever. And then how would you like to be able to enjoy sensually that relationship into your 80s? Maybe 90s, you know, there is a way. There is a way to use this desire, the strength God has given you, to desire a relationship with a, a, you know, a mate, you know, a man, woman, and you know, and there's there's a way that unlike so many of the other people you're seeing around you who are messing around and doing whatever, they will do that constantly. So they will be married, and about two to three years later, they'll be looking at your neighbor's wife. They'll be looking at whatever because they won't be satisfied with the relationship. How would you like to spend the rest of your life with someone you're not satisfied with? Mm. So, you know, guess what? You can change that. And it's not so much the person that you're choosing, it's the person that you're becoming. Mm. And then the person you, person you become chooses the person that will work. So there's, there's two, you know, two things that will really you know, help you. you know, I, I love the fact that you're getting interested in this. I love the fact that you care. You know about about you know you know girls and women and forming those kind of relationships because I'm proud of you because that's what we're supposed to be doing, but you know I want you to know how to do it for a lifetime. I want you not to be another statistic, some kind of a divorce thing with three kids and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see you be. I want to see you just love that woman just like. And you, if you can give them one example of a couple that's just got it going, and of course there's a danger in that, but, <laughs> but it's helpful. But that's what everyone wants. And then that, that there's a way, there's really a way of doing that. And, and then there, and that it is. You have to build on your strengths. And especially if you have talked to them about their strengths and how to use their strengths in relationships and then really hearing and listening to people. The longer you talk about that, the earlier you begin this conversation, the easier it is to absorb. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you, when you start at 16, it's a bit late, but you, just, you start talking. You start going there. And then you, you use what they see around them. And you try to use what they see around them on the internet is not going to work because it's too superficial. You try to, if, if, you know, Aunt, Aunt Gertrude, I mean, whoever they've got, whoever they know, whoever they care about, mm-hmm. and whoever they've cared about with it for the greatest amount of time, mm-hmm. those are the things that are going to have the greatest impact. And you may not, I mean, at 16, there's going to be these times they'll talk to you and times that they won't. So you just take advantage of the times that they will, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you're dropping seeds. And no, no matter, no matter, like when I first see someone, you know, they may have gone through heck and high water, been molested by everyone who saw them, but I'm looking for one person. You know, whoever who loved them, who cared mm. about them, and I'll build on that. So when you have your own children, you you look at any relationship around them, you know, and then you show that this way that you're thinking about, 
uh, really honoring you know the strength that you have of wanting to be you know a, a like for me like a, a, a you know you want to be a counselor you want to be a helper of others well that's fantastic you know but Michael if you're going to do that you're going to have to really get in touch with people you're going to really know people you you know because you know if you're just you know if you're in if your main discussion is about how depressed somebody is how their sleep habits are whatever you're going to get bored yeah. in no time you're going to burn out. You know, but if you want to be a counselor, you know, for a lifetime, if you want to enjoy sitting with every person, you know, then, hey, start forming these relationships, start forming these friendships, start mm. forming these life interest mates, find a mentor who's five, ten years ahead of you, you know, kind of that has a flavor like you have mm -hmm. and that you really want to kind of learn from, you know, absorb, absorb Good. something. Yeah. So each of those things, I think, mm -hmm. will help a, like a 16, 17, 18 year old. Oh, that's yeah. that's really impressive because, yeah. you know, when Jesus says, go make disciples, we translate disciple today as mentor. And we don't have mentors. No. Am I right, Dr. That's right. Wow. That's exactly right. That, that somebody can kind of mm -hmm. look at, walk in their footsteps, kind of a model mm -hmm. to orient. Our, our, our mentors are celebrity. Our mentors are mm -hmm. somebody that friended you on Facebook for a month or something. And again, coming back to the whole thing, what you're seeing today, doctor, in popular culture and society, is this move toward addiction. And it seems like the, 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 we're facilitated much easier today with the internet, let's say, for pornography, yeah. with the, the chemical, with the opioids, with the access to all. Can you speak to that? And why, where is that propensity to go in these directions of bondage? How do you see that from a, you know, kind of a clinical kind of a so way? So any addiction, you know, is a, is a, is a separation from, from God. Uh -huh. So that's what's initially required. So neurobiologically, that means that that interoceptive system you know I let go of so I let go of most of my processing ability so 90-95% of my processing ability is subconscious you know my conscious mind which is what you know we're only aware of um, you know is like five seven ten percent of our processing ability and yet you know so when Jesus says you know let him who have ears hear mm -hmm. he's really talking about there's much more going on inside you. I wired you. I'm trying to give you some hints here. Right. You know that you need to be kind of listening in a little bit more to get a, to get in touch with the, your true self. Mm -hmm. So when I get addicted, you know, one of you know addictions can form for any reason, um, and so it's, it's that kind of like that left shoulder stuff we were talking mm -hmm. about. And I but one thing that, that's required is you know I am not listening to who I am. And so I might slip into it because I, I, I found my mother's uh, modern romance, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, right. things underneath her, whatever. Right. And my dad's, you know, playboys. Right. Like, so it could be innocent. You know, it can be driven from a strength. You know, so the problem with addictions is you don't know. There's there's no information in it. There's nothing, you know, so if you're trying to say you got addicted because, I mean, you're, we're, we're going the wrong way. You know, if it's a left shoulder thing and it's addiction, you're addicted. Got it. All right. So we need to, you know, shut off that, you know, that pattern because that literally, your your flight or fight system, you know, when you're running from a bear, mm -hmm. you don't care what kind of bear, how big it is, what color it is, what kind of hair it has, whether it's a mangy bear, yeah, you're right. just freaking running. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, right. Well, that system is available to us, you know, and, you know, it can be misused. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm addicted to something, when, when someone's addicted to pornography, say, you know, is it pornography that's in a magazine? Is it on an internet site? Is it is it you know looking at someone inappropriate? Whatever, it it doesn't matter. And so again, there's no directionality. So when we try to come up with what people try to do with left shoulder stuff is, 
Now, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And as soon as you do that, you're falling prey because the whole thing just it goes right back to it. There's no joy. There's no improvement. There's no you know, getting better trying to find out yeah. why. And so you let that go. Yeah. And you move over to the, you know, over to the right and say, now, wait a minute. What am I misusing? My relationship with women. You know, mm. so, so, you know, and let me, let me, you know, so, you know, I don't know whether it has anything to do with it or not, but I've been given a gift of being interested in men or women, whichever, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I need to be in him with that. I need to realize who I am. Oh. I'm a freaking child of God. Right. Come right. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. So you power up, you know, and then grow that way. That will give you insights. That will give you the way. And to break any bondage, really. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Once you come, it's like the prodigal. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's, he ends up, he's in a pig pen, and it says, and he came to his senses. Yeah. It's like that idea of coming to oneself and to say, hey, where, where have I come from? But more importantly, where am I going? Right. And what behaviors do I have to change mm -hmm. and take in the responsibility? That's very insightful, doctor. Thank you. Yes, yeah, David. And, you know, John, um, the thing that really hit home, boy, did this hit home today. Any addiction is a separation from God. Mm. That really, that hit me so hard. You know, I had some stats uh, and, and, you know, real quick, the United States represents 5% of the world's population and 75% of prescription drugs taken. 60% of teens who abuse uh, prescription drugs get them free from friends and relatives. What is going on in the U.S.? Is this social media? Is it the fact we're all trying to be the perfect couple, the perfect family? It, are we doing that more than anybody else? This will be the wrap-up, Doctor. Yeah, so sorry. just whatever you want to share, yeah, sure. please feel free. So the, the everything that God provides us is a strength. Yeah. And we, we misuse everything. We, we misuse our spirituality. Mm -hmm. we, we go and beat on one another. Mm -hmm. You know, and you go to war, mm -hmm. you know, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And so, no, there's left shoulder and right shoulder issues on every gift he's given us. And yeah. we have to use those gifts well. Uh, for example, in bipolar disorder, you know the you know the drug that works best to assuage temporarily are, are pain meds, and so there's a thought that all of these the people who are suiciding you know, are suiciding because they're afraid of withdrawal. No, I think they have you know a, a tendency or proclivity towards bipolar disorder. When they stop using pain meds, the ugliness returns, and you know and that ugliness. You you cannot know the angst, the horrible feelings you know, of of that disorder, and so here there's just a complete confusion, um, and then you know you, if you get the uh, like the experts, we all have a point of view, and we end up not being at the same table. We end up wanting to press our point of view, and again we, we're misusing that. We're misusing our point of view. We should be incorporative, you know, and saying, hey, psychologically, what can we can, can we do? Socially, what can we do? You know, biologically, what can we do? How are these? How can we use these strengths in a more godly, loving, caring, compassionate way? How can we join together and be yeah. together in this? How can we show, as adults and as professionals, show the wisdom that we're asking others to pick up? We Thank need you, Doctor. Right. We need to grow more churches. Thank you, Doctor. Saying it's been a real, uh, it's been very informative that you took time out of your busy schedule to sit with us today. Love it. Uh, this will be archived so people can be able to access this great information, Doctor. And again. If people want to get in touch with you, they can go to your site of, um, I'm going to quote it here actually, uh, Oneness Approach. Right. That's the best way for them to get in touch exactly with you. Right. Okay. And uh, again, you're in Sheffield, uh, uh, Ohio. Yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield Village, right. Sheffield Village, Ohio. And uh, so once again, next week we look for another special show coming up. we got some guests lined up in the future. We're going to talk about that. And uh, 
Any final thoughts for the audience, uh, Doctor, before we leave? Yeah, again, I want to thank everyone who listens to this station and uses this station and uses, you know, uh, their, their, their thoughts of, of uh, I want to be in him. So I'm going to listen to something. You know, I want to listen to something that, you know, that's going to help me grow a little bit more. I want to have more moments of the day under his control. Good. Excellent. Thank you very much. And thank you again, Mark. And uh, to our audience out there, you know, always remember this, that it's never too late. You know, you're never. tuned in for a, yeah. a, a reason and a purpose today. And, 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 and God is right there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you once you receive him and accept the forgiveness and wholeness that he wants to take us to. So again, God bless you. Have a great week. The Browns open up tomorrow. The Buckeyes play Oklahoma tonight. So we're looking forward to a good week. And the Indians yeah. are just on They're fire. Right. I don't know what's going yeah. on here. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.